Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Four Stringers podcast. Welcome in, guys. Uh, what do we got for you today? We're going to go over some week one uh, recap, I suppose you want to call it that. A little bit of injury stuff. Summarization, some may say. Yeah, that's, that's what we'll go with. Depends um, on the day. Uh, to be honest, we're just happy football's back. Regardless of how yeah. your team did this week, just be thankful you have something that's going to either yes. piss you off or make you happy going forward. This is a great time. And your team, your team still has hope, even if you're in last place with points four right now. Yeah, it was uh, it was a weird week, but we'll get into it in just a couple of short seconds. Yeah, so, thanks all for joining. that and much more coming to you on this episode of the Fantasy Four Stringers podcast. Josh Allen is not elite. Adam Gase deserves another chance. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence was a reach. Yeah, he's never won a fantasy championship. The guy drafted a kicker in the fifth fucking round. All right, and with that, welcome in, guys. What a starter. What's um, up, gang? <clears throat> yeah, week one is officially in the books, and it was a surprise on many levels for me. I don't know about you, but um, a whole lot of surprises. Yeah, uh, some good and some really, really bad. Including game-breaking top-end RBs underperforming. Oh, my God. Uh, some guys that used to be top-end RBs coming out of the woodworks, and wide receivers, I guess you could say. Just former stars that had a lot of question marks actually came out and balled, but there's also some prevalent stars who kind of ghosted you and (laughs) there's a lot to cover so we can get right into it um Um, you want to go over injuries first i think that that's probably a a basis of concern that we should cover right away yeah uh first and foremost there's a handful of them that are probably going to have some implications for a lot of you out there um dak prescott is a big one everybody saw the the news he broke his thumb um, had surgery today, I believe, and is expected to miss, what, six to eight weeks? That's what they said, but I, um, they released today that the timetable for return is getting shorter. They think he could be back in as early as four. And I think for a thumb, and obviously it's on his throwing hand, so it is a problem, but a thumb injury for a quarterback, I think you can get through. If it's like index finger or like middle yeah. finger, <clears throat> that's a problem. I is think it, they're all a problem just in different ways. It's just a matter <clears throat> of if the guy can tough it out or not. Yeah. So obviously, you know, people are panicking and planning their contingency plans and scouring the waiver wire for guys that they can kind of use as a stopgap. We'll talk about, I'm sure, a couple of those later on. Um, and but but Dak, that that's really the biggest one I think as far as like long term injuries. There's a few others that are going to be probably more short term that we'll kind of get into here. Um, as far as fantasy relevant, it's not much, but it's honestly one of the better positional players in the league. Harrison Butker left the game with an injury. He did end up coming back, but that's something to monitor going forward. Anything leg injury-wise, they're going to be obviously extremely concerned with, and if he's not right, they're not going to go with him, especially if they have time now to find a replacement. Whereas if it's a game-time decision, they don't have another kicker on the roster, if he can play, he's playing because they, they're they not trying to have Justin Reed kick every ball that they can. Yeah, and that's, especially for an offense like the Chiefs, it's so high-powered. That can be big. And it's a kicker, so it's, it's lower body. So, you know, any any one kick could go out and aggravate that injury, and then, you know, he's out for the year. I think we saw that with somebody 
<clears throat> God damn it, who was it? I don't remember. It was last year, the year before, it was a kicker who was... Um, not Rodrigo Blankenship, because that guy doesn't anymore. have a job anymore. Um, but no, it's a fair point. Something to monitor for people, because Butker's, you know, one of the higher-end kickers in fantasy, so keep an eye on that for sure. And then, not, I mean, not that you want to be stashing a second kicker on your bench, but yeah. but if you're a Butker owner, be prepared to possibly have to move him to the waiver wire, depending on what happens. Um, Vegas had a lot of injuries this last week. Trayvon Moring got hurt, Anthony Averett, DJ Turner, and Denzel Perriman. Um, DJ Turner's on the offensive side, but the other three are all defensive pieces. So going forward, especially in a tough division like that, I think targeting players who are playing Vegas in at least the shortcoming weeks is a good idea. Yeah, that defense is you know, not one that you were super excited no. about anyway, and then they're losing three, yeah. three more pieces on uh, from that group. Um so yeah, anyone playing the Raiders in the next few weeks, that could be a, a sneaky play on waivers if you need a you know a, a fill in based on some injuries. Yeah, I agree. Um, T Higgins left the the game this week with a concussion. Don't really know if he's going to miss week two yet. It still is just it's up in the air. He's going to have to go through protocol, and if he misses this week, that would probably be about the the most yeah, time that that's I think that's the double edged sword that is a concussion protocol. Is you're basically guaranteed one week out. But it's an injury you know is typically only going to be one week unless it lingers. Right. I, I don't know that you can expect him back for this week, but for sure next week. So, I mean, no no reason to panic, but it is fantasy relevant for just this, the one week only. Absolutely. <clears throat> and in the same game, the Los Angeles – or not in the same game, the same game we talked about with Vegas. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen left the game with a hamstring injury. Yeah. And those get dicey, especially when you're older. When you're a 30, 31, 32-year-old receiver. Uh, love that for Mike Williams. For a guy that disappeared week one. Yeah, a guy that we were very high on. Yeah. Um, now Keenan, he has no excuse, so I'm curious to see what week right. two holds for the Chargers. Keenan's, th- this this bothers me. And even if he does come back and play in week, you know, maybe three or four, um, like we talked about with hamstrings, it's a strain, it's a soft tissue thing. It's really easy to re-aggravate and he's getting up there in age. So keep an eye on this one, but even going forward, once he's back in your, your lineups, um, I don't feel good about it. It, mm. it, it just, it, it makes me nervous. I don't, <clears throat> I don't like to see that at any point with any of your players, you know, a hamstring, yeah. but let alone somebody that's, you know, getting to be that age that he's at and. I just think part of the reason, too, is that we are so high on Mike Williams, and regardless of this injury or not, we're going to stay high on Mike Williams all yeah. year long. Oh, for sure. But this just adds to the value that he's going to bring to arguably the best offense in football. Yep. And he's now the true number one. Well, I think that's... It would make it even more of a colossal disappointment if he comes out yeah. week two and has another, you know, two reception, yeah, three if, reception yeah, game. Yeah, if he blows up week two here and does nothing gets you like a three catch 22 yard game something like that i think it's time to press the panic button on mike williams i would be a little worried you know it's not like the raiders pass defense is god tier when it comes to skill players at the corner and free safety you know what i mean from a passing perspective they shouldn't be anything to be scared about and so the lackluster performance scares me but it is week one there's a lot that you don't need to panic about week one because teams throw goose eggs all the time week one and come up it's always a as one of the better offenses or defenses depending on where they were lackluster in week one they show up and play to their potential going forward there's just a lot of moving pieces in week one a lot of guys haven't played all preseason there's just so many different 
pieces and or variables that can really affect how a team plays in week one. So going forward, there's not a lot of guys I would press the panic button on week one. No. I just think that you need to continue to monitor what's going on and strength the schedule going forward and whether or not it's a good time for you to sell based on schedule and how they have performed. Um, <clears throat> on the topic of hamstrings and soft tissue injuries, Chris Godwin, so excited to see him back this week. I was actually, <coughs> for my own reasons, because I have him in a league, yep. hoping that they would hold him back just to keep him, give him a From week to kind of get to get healthy because he's coming off an ACL. Uh, this is not a knee injury though; it's a hamstring strain. So this again is a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, probably going to miss a few weeks before he comes back in, and it's so disappointing because he had. I think it happened in the first quarter. I think yep. he already had at that point had three or four receptions for you know thirty five or forty yards. He was playing well. He was looking very good. Coming he was off playing as Chris Godwin. Yep, mm-hmm. he was pr- producing basically exactly what you expect him to do when he's one hundred percent. And we love that. And then it just gets taken away from him again. Yep. So that was a that was a disappointing one. Um, George Kittle still dealing with his. It looks groin strain. Smart of them to hold him out though. Probably was, especially in that rain. Did you see that, dude? Yeah. I can't believe there weren't more. <clears throat> knees and hamstring yeah. and foot injuries in that game they couldn't even hold on to the ball man that no. was an absolute dumpster fire of weather conditions to play in and some of the worst conditions i've seen to be fair tip the hat to chicago for squeaking that one out justin Fields showed heart there and i won't discredit him for that weather i was a great equalizer for how yeah it really was i was impressed for him for battling through that though especially with how awful his team is yeah. I want that guy to succeed. He's They've given him nothing and expect him to do everything. I hope they give him nothing and continue to give him nothing. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, New England quarterback Mac Jones suffered a back injury. They did give him x-rays and they turned back negative, but that's going to be a closely monitored situation. I don't know that they're going to play him week two. Um, I, and even if, even if he is out there week two, it's like, what do you... Are you really buying no. into that pass? I mean, game their offense those? isn't great regardless, but with him being gone, the run game now gets stacked on because there really is no yeah. option to throw to. I hate this for Ramondre Stevenson, especially because they're not going to be near the goal line ever. Not nearly as often. Damian Harris might have a chance to break the big run. I, I just, going forward, their running back situation doesn't excite me by any means. And there's going to be better streamer options for you, even though a running back one, quote unquote, in Damian Harris excites you. I just, you can't, not going forward, not in that division. Yeah. And not how they looked week one. New England looked horrible. Yeah, they didn't look good. It's, this is the worst New England team I've seen in a week one game in a long time. Um, Najee Harris re-aggravated his, uh, his foot injury. Shocker. We talked like about we this. didn't call it. Yeah. <clears throat> he, no, it, they did do an MRI. Um, nothing serious came back in the test. Yeah, well, so, yeah, but here's the thing, though. When they're doing that, they already know he's got a Liz Frank fracture. So nothing serious is nothing more concerning than the Liz Frank fracture. Then what's it's there. still there, though. Yeah. You have to understand it's still there. I, I think it's <clears> – <throat> at this point, I, I feel comfortable just – expecting that this is going to be a problem all season. I would sell so <clears throat> fast on Najee. And I I I don't see how this could possibly get better. I don't think he gets anywhere near 100% the rest of the season. Their team's not getting better, so there's no upside there where going forward, oh, we might get, like, say, Cleveland gets a Deshaun Watson back in Week 12. Oh, we might have a chance going forward there if we're still in the race. There is no hope in Pittsburgh. And, yeah, they did win Week 1. I I. That's they're not winning the division. Yeah, no, that, <laughs> it's for lack of a better term, 
they are not a good football team. No, and it's just if if you're a Najee owner, um, panic. No, sell high. I normally, sell as high as you can. I normally don't advocate for panicking after week one because, like you kind of alluded yeah. to, it's it's such a. It could be either a, a trend-setting week or it could be a one-off week, and you never really know what it is until two or three or four weeks later. Um, but well, like with with this type of injury, it's just never. It's not going to get better until he gets some time off, really, to just heal it. So, and I'd, we saw exactly what we expected in Pittsburgh—a heavy workload for Najee. But the same thing that's we thought would happen once the heavy workload happens is he's going to re-aggravate the Liz Frank that's already not healed. Yeah, and it took not even four quarters and he's already in the place we thought he'd be <clears throat> and when you're spending a first round pick on Najee Harris or probably the 13th pick because you picked at 112 and 2-1 you can't afford that from your number one or number two running back that's how you lose leagues and so if you can sell now this is a time to press the panic button even if even if you're selling and you're taking a little bit of a loss a loss in terms of like an ADP, like overall ceiling mm-hmm. type player, you know, you're yeah, you're dumping a Najee Harris and the ceiling's high when he's healthy. But if you're getting a solid RB two back that's healthy right now, I'd I'd feel way more comfortable with that in my lineup than And Najee. you're not look at it as you're not, you're taking the loss now, but they're ultimately gonna take a bigger loss season long than you are. So nipping it in the butt's a great idea. And also another perspective to look at it is once you get drafted, there is no first-round draft pick, second-round draft pick. It's what did you do for me lately? Who can produce for the team? It's right. the same way as an NFL team. I don't care where I picked you. Are you scoring for me? That's all that matters. Yeah, that's fantasy. that's an easy trap to fall into is to yeah. start thinking like, oh, I spent a first-round pick I on have, this guy. I, I, have, I have to, to ride it out. He is that good. He <clears throat> can do it this year. Sometimes yeah. you just have to give up. And in this situation, this is going to be the most you're ever going to get for Najee. I think you sell. Yeah. If if you can afford, I guess to wait to see if he has a better week, but I just don't know if that when that's going to come. I, tip, I don't know that anyone can and unless you lucked out with a Barkley in round three. Yeah, I I there's don't know. Very few situations where that works. It can work, but there's very few, and I don't think many people are in that same boat. Well, you could try it. I just don't see. I don't see when that week could happen, and he could realistically he could fuck that foot up even worse at mm-hmm. any given point and now the season's or over. Or something else. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it's just a double whammy on that. Say he hurts his knee on the same leg. Yeah. They're not gonna send him into the game. If even if he could play on the knee injury with a Liz Frank fracture and something going on in his knee, there's no way. Why would you risk your one good player on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, they're to get hurt going forward because you need him more than this year. I think they're playing with fire, right? <clears throat> That's... I think they're all they're they're playing with the fire that they want to tank, but they can't commit to it because it's Pittsburgh. That's fair. And I think once they lose a couple games, I I mean to be fair though, it doesn't help they beat Cincy. Yeah. <laughs> it really does not yeah. help. And I think ultimately that's going to make them wait longer to pull the plug on the situation there, which means more nausea usage, which means most likely a worse injury. Yeah, the longer that they hover and like, if you want to call it playoff contention, the longer they're going to try to, you know, <clears throat> keep him out there and, and just they- ride him to the playoffs. And it's just that that's a really tough ask as it is for for a roster that's not quite on the level of the other teams in the division. Yeah, and that's the frustrating part too. Is not only did they win, they won a division game, and they won a division game against the division favorite. Right. So it's like Jesus, man. <laughs> they have the game in hand now. It's just, I don't, 
know that they're going to be able to talk themselves into giving it up if they didn't already. I mean, I understand it's week one, anything's possible, but that team's going to fall apart, and it's going to fall apart quick. Um, Any other injuries you want to bring up? Elijah Mitchell. Oh, duh, I almost forgot him. Ruled out against the Burrs. Yeah, he's going to miss, what, two months? Yeah. Um, a MCL sprain, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was an it was MCL, ACL. It was a sprain of some sort. Um, I don't, I don't know what to think on this because it's like, yeah, they're they're planning on bringing him back in a couple months, hopefully. And mm-hmm. it, but when he comes back, is he going to be a hundred percent healthy, or are they going to bring him back at eighty five percent and hope that the knee holds up? Yeah, and. Going forward with San Fran's team, too, is Jeff Wilson going to do anything? I mean, Tyrion Davis-Price is still listed at number three on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Jordan he was Mason's a healthy scratch. At, yeah, and Jordan Mason's at number two. I yeah. don't understand how. I don't get it. They did the same thing last year. <laughs> so, I mean, they clearly – they don't give up on running backs as easy as most teams. You saw it with McKinnon. You see it with Jeff Wilson. saw it with Mostert. Yeah. They, give, they ride injuries out and – I think Jeff Wilson will actually be a sustainable running back going forward. He's not going to be phenomenal, but he's going to be a slow RB2 flex option. And if you can get him for cheap here in week one and your running back situation is bad, that's that's a step in the right direction, and I'm okay with that. He And well, we're going to get into this later in the episode, but I think he's going to be the probably the number one priority waiver target this week. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no other big running backs that went down to injury, so he's really the only one. Um, outside of just you know players that had a, a big you know pop in week one, um, but we'll get to the rest of that later. Um, but I do think yeah he's probably hands down the going to be the most targeted waiver wire pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, any other injuries I forgot because Elijah Mitchell was definitely one that I wanted to mention. Um, from a defensive through. perspective, the one everybody knows about, T.J. Watt suffered a pec injury. Mm-hmm. He, they said he might miss the whole year, but then he came out today and said that he's not having surgery and he's expected to be back by week seven this, or eight. So six to seven weeks he's supposed to be This strikes out. me as uh, a player saying, look, I don't want you to rule me out. I want to try to come back and play. And Pittsburgh agreeing with that because it's T.J. Watt. Yeah, <laughs> and it's also T.J. Watt. Yeah. So if he says that he has a chance to play, that gives everyone – I mean, first and foremost, the fans, which is what you want to have hope in the situation. And secondly, the front office, if they really didn't get as grave news as we think, that's a that's a that's something you want to hear from a front office perspective. As soon as I heard that he was, they were going to have him looking at second and then a third uh, opinion from doctors, yep. my initial thought was, okay, so when they got their first opinion, they didn't like what they heard. Either that or they were unsure <clears throat> for some reason. And, okay, we're going to get a second opinion to try to, you know, refute... <laughs> Uh, the mm-hmm. bad news, and then just a third one just to try to try to really convince ourselves that he's ready, going to yes. be ready to play. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense without him, I don't know that I. Well, maybe we'll see him. Just Minka is all. Yeah, maybe we'll see them put up some good weeks here and there. But oh man, tough to trust without TJ. White I there. do like a lot of their pieces. Edmonds is great. Bush he, is great. He's the heart, Minka's though. great. And he yeah, destroyed he the Bengals' game plan this he week. He destroys everyone's game he plan. Was the man is uncoverable in the trenches right yeah. now. He looks like his older brother. He was destroying almost single, not single-handedly, but, I mean, he was in there on every fucking play, making making guys uh yeah, He's a hell of a player, dude. Yeah. He's a hell of a player. That's a big loss. Yeah, and I think that ultimately covers all of the big losses this year, at least fantasy relevancy-wise. Cool, so, cool. Um, quickly then let's, uh, I want to ask you 
one question since we kind of talked about in the beginning of the episode that there was some major surprises also probably even more major disappointments I think at least in my eyes um do you have a player week one that you were super shocked to see what they did somebody that excites you going forward after just strictly off their week one performance um I don't know that they excite me season long but one point ah uh, yeah I, I could talk myself into it I don't know that I think he's gonna be as high as you are but I was genuinely impressed with Saquon Barkley he for what they have in New York too the Giants came out and surprised a lot of people. They played a good game, didn't give up when they were getting beat 13 rip. Like I Saquon looked great versus a very yeah, stout did. run defense in Tennessee. They're yep. not Joe Schmoes against the run. And he looked like Saquon of old. I mean, he was number 1 overall running back this week. And I I don't think obviously he's going to sustain that going forward. Like overall running back one, I think he'll finish as a running back one. Oh, but it's yeah. just good to see him back in form and playing the mm-hmm. way that everyone has expected him to play since his rookie year. Yeah, I I think Saquon uh, opened a lot of eyes in week one. I think he's going to be a heavy trade target for people now that, you know, were hesitant early on to invest draft capital into him. I think as the season goes on, he's going to just com- finish establishing himself as like a firm, you know, high-end R- RV1 this year. I kind of felt like that was his ceiling going into the year, but I was... Um, it was hard to go out on that limb completely because you just sure. don't know with, with the last couple of seasons. But, um, yeah, I was very impressed by his performance. I think for me, the guy that excited me, the, and I don't want to say there's any one single player, but the one that I picked out just because I've <clears throat> I had my kind of opinions on what he could do this year. Sure. Uh, Christian Kirk. Yeah. I thought of him as like a wide receiver, high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, but he had – Big time upside, just because it's a uh, not a great passing, not a great team in general. You know they should have to throw the ball a lot, and I was sure. hoping there'd be some progression from Trevor Lawrence. Now that's debatable. Guys but, reach. Um, he had twelve targets and he had six receptions on those twelve for one hundred seventeen. Yeah. He didn't have any touchdowns, but that's fine. If Trevor he can, Lawrence doesn't throw touchdowns, well, so. and, <laughs> and if if he can go forward and and have you know 10, 12 targets a game. He's easily going to finish in the wide receiver two territory. Sure, you know, and, and it'll be, you know, like I said, easily, easily within wide receiver two territory. So, um, I was very excited to see that. I did. Uh, he was a guy that I really wanted to invest in. Most of my rosters, I tried to stick to the same format this year, where I went heavy on running backs, and then I tried to find value in the middle rounds. Yep, he was one of my targets. Mm-hmm. So, um, I was I was really happy to see the performance. I hope he keeps it going the rest of the year. Um, but he's the clear, I think, wide receiver one in, in Jacksonville on a team that should have to throw the ball a lot. I, it's, a, it's a good formula. Another guy that I was happy to see play well, but most people con- considered him as a decent quarterback already, uh, Jalen Hurts actually showed up and showed out, and yeah. I love that. Philly, it's their division to lose. A.J. Brown looked phenomenal, which hurts my soul, but we all knew that was coming. Devonta Smith, the best part about this is that he did this, and Devonta Smith didn't have a single catch. Right. So the upside is even higher already than it was because he didn't utilize half of the field. Right. <laughs> and I I think going forward, Philly's going to be a team to be reckoned with offensively. And Jordan Davis on the defensive side looked phenomenal yeah. as a run stuffer. Devonta Smith will get his. A.J. Brown mm-hmm. is going to command attention. Yep. At some point, he's not going to be wide open. 
and he pretty good at separation. Well, at some <laughs> but point, no, I see what you're saying. Teams will start doubling and, yep. and covering up some They'll of that. They'll take him away regardless They'll force of the Hurts to find somebody else, and Devonta Smith is a great route runner. And so he, he has rapport with him. They played right. all last year, and Devonta Smith was not bad by any means. Yeah. No, I'm not concerned about Devonta Smith long-term this year, but I did. I was very happy to see Hurts do what he did, too, because he was – I I thought he – I had – well, I, I said this last year. I had. I was super high on him. Um, I, will, I will give a little shout-out to my boy, too, Marcus Mariota. Top 10 okay. quarterback finish in Atlanta. We love to see the comeback kid. His I was pumped about it. First and last top 10 finish this year. Uh, how much are we betting? <laughs> I'll put 20 bucks on that. All right, deal. I don't feel good about it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because all it takes is one big week where Pitts goes off, and then he makes Mariota look good. Uh, on the flip side, then... Um, there's a lot of candidates for this one, but who are you most disappointed in week one? Any player, any position? Russell Wilson. Just because of the loss? No. He didn't. The thing is, he looked fine. It's I'm not pressing. I'm not panicked about him. I'm not worried. The touchdown should have came in that game. There's no yeah. reason why they lose that game with 16 points. You and can, the guys he's targeting, that's what's fucking frustrating. Yeah, the tight ends. Targeting yeah, the tight back ends early that caught like four touches or like four passes that you said. There was just a lot of usage from backup players on both sides of that ball or at both sides of that game, which I think kind of made me more upset about it because everyone that was a no-namer was getting theirs. Like yeah. Will Disley caught the first touchdown for Seattle. Like, when, fuck that. When you've got Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy on the outside as your receivers. And Javante Williams running the ball or Melvin Gordon. And Sutton and Judy don't even have a catch in the first half. That's not good. I mean, yeah, you would think something's going wrong. You you, you can't have that. So going forward, I'm sure Denver will iron out the kinks. But I just, from what I expected week one, I expected like a 34-3 to game. Yeah, that's I did too. We both And we it. got nothing. Yep. And I, I, I think... Watching the game, you could definitely see that the crowd was had a, a major, major part in like Denver's offense struggling. There was a ton of false starts. They had pen, penalties all over the place. Sure. Um, you could see where they disrupted the offense. Russell's played there. He knows that it's going to be this way. Mm-hmm. Like If he, anybody yeah. should have been prepared for that situation, it should have been Russell. Well, he and took not, in the moment midfield. He should have known. <laughs> and it's, it's not like... It's not like you said. It's he didn't play bad. He had 340 passing yards, but he should have been best best suited to prepare his team to be ready for that environment, and they were not. That game should have been over by the third quarter. It should have been. Yeah. Yep. Um, my guy, who I am supremely disappointed. This hurts me so fucking much because I I have been just beating the drum for Travis Etienne all off season. Yeah. I I. I've been saying, telling anybody that'll listen. I think he's like Alvin Kamara light. Him and Robinson are going to be like Mark he Ingram plays and Alvin that Kamara. Way. He does. That's the style. Like that's that's the. If I could pick a player comparison, that's the one. He had six touches, for a whopping total of what sixty five yards. Overall, he had uh, forty four carries for forty seven yards, which that's is not bad. Great, which is great. But he only had two receptions on four targets for eighteen yards. He didn't have a, no, any touchdowns. Um, he did drop one that I believe was like a sure touchdown. Yeah. It hit him right in the fucking hands. Yep. Um, so he that would have changed full things. Full Christian Watson did. Yeah, yeah. That <laughs> that definitely would have changed things. But still, okay. So you throw a touchdown on there with an extra reception for another five yards. 
It was still a disappointing game. I mean, he still only had just a handful of points. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that worried me. And the fact that they gave James Robinson almost all the run as far as the carries and touches in the back, the backfield is like, whoa. Yeah. That's, Robinson that's looked concern. good, man. That scares me. Precisely guy, why he's on my borderline last week. I love James Robinson a, still, and I know they do because they trust him. He's reliable. A guy coming off an Achilles injury, it's like, ooh, man, he's – I, I don't know what's going on there in Jacksonville, but I'm uneasy. I'm not panicking just yet because I, there's going to be plenty of opportunities for ETN to make up for this performance. But I was very, very disappointed in this one. Um, All right. I think we can move along. I have one more quick recap piece for week one, and I think we should get into a few waiver targets before we wrap this thing up in a little bit. Sure. Um, Very quickly because we were we, – touched on this in the last episode we wanted to try to kind of recap and keep track of some of our shine pine borderline picks uh for the year just to see how things shake out um i was actually pleasantly surprised with how mine turned out this week uh my pine for the week or my my shine was uh jameson jameson wow i can't talk James, words are hard buddy Jameis, and he played Winston. well who did? Um, I believe, and I'm trying to pull it up quickly, but I believe he was quarterback seven. Yeah, he this was top week. ten for sure. I know um, that. He was absolutely top ten. I forget what the specific number was, but I believe it was seven. If not seven, it was eight. Seven. It was seven. Um, yeah, he had 20, 23 of thirty four, two sixty nine, two touchdowns, no picks. No picks for the kid. That's we big. love that. He's that's progressive. progress. That's that's <laughs> big for a guy like Jameis because you throw two picks on there and that takes him probably from seven down into about the 12, 14 range. Yep. Um, but he he looked good. He was efficient. He completed sixty eight percent of his throws. You know, two hundred seventy yards. Um, yeah, it was a overall. Can cut. we get a round of applause for Slant God? Yeah. Good yeah. for that guy. Welcome, welcome back, Michael welcome Thomas. Back. Huh? Thanks for not being useless. Yeah. Um, I was really hoping that he would come back at like 80% so Olave could do something uh, a little bit more than he did. Yeah. But. I mean, I still love Olave season long here. I think he's mm-hmm. probably better in the slot when you have Jarvis and Michael Thomas playing. Or even if you put him on the outside and Jarvis in the slot, that frees up a lot of options. Well, and Jarvis went for over 100 this yeah, week. Yeah. Like he has a lot of potential and a lot of single coverage to work with going forward season long. He'll, he'll play well. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Uh, my week one pine was Brees Hall versus Baltimore. Uh, I, I, the only thing that bailed him out in this game, if you had him for half point or specifically full point PPR was he had 10 targets and he made, you know, six receptions for 38 yards. Yep. Other than that, he did pretty much nothing. Six carries for 23, no touchdowns. He lost a fumble. Uh, which is not fumble, good. Which, which also loses confidence from which your coaching staff. really hurts when you're already in a split <laughs> yes. touch sort of and scenario. And Michael Carter didn't look bad. Carter looked pretty good mm-hmm. when he got the ball at times. So uh, monitor that going forward. I do think Hall's good enough that he'll take over the bulk of the work at some point. This and they year, know but, he's young, so yeah. you're going to make mistakes when yeah. it comes to things but, like uh, that. But not a, not a great start and kind of what we expected, though, with a tough Baltimore defense and a bad Jets team. It's, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but he and I believe it was him and Carter both had ten targets on the game, which is a shitload for the running backs. So I keep mean, an eye on that going shout forward. Shout out Joe Flacco for yeah, I guess checked on not God. having an arm anymore. Yeah, um, and then my borderline pick was Josh Jacobs. Um, very much average. 10, yeah. 10 carries, fifty seven yards, no touchdowns. He had one reception on one target for fifteen. So he finished right in the middle of RB three territory. That's uh, Ezekiel Elliott stat line right there. Yeah, yeah, really. 
Um, so I, I, I don't want to say I nailed my picks this week. But you I wouldn't go out. I wouldn't go out that far because Jameis, you know, is a shine. I mean, a quarterback seven. It's it's fine, but it's not like he lit the world on mm-hmm. fire. Hall, you know, we both kind of expected that one, and Jacobs is kind of right in the middle. So, um, I'm I'm happy with my picks last week. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, I'm happy with some of my picks from last week. <laughs> Uh, my week one shines were the Broncos. Like we said, they played well, and I, in the last podcast, said that every viable starter on that offense would leave you with a game where you were happy with. Uh, Jerry Judy played fine from a perspective. I'm okay with that. Sutton had a lot of yards. He just didn't get in the end zone, which kind of make or breaks his average week into a good week. Russell Wilson had a lot of passing yards, but yep. no touchdowns again. And their running backs... Both played pretty good. Fine. Other than just the fact they both fumbled on a one. Yeah. So there is a lot to be said with the fact that they did get down to the one twice and not yeah. score either time. I think their offense is going to be fine. They just didn't produce on their opportunities this week, and I don't think that that's going to be a season-long thing. I'm disappointed with them for how high I was on them this week, but I think that that's why I'm so disappointed is because I was betting the house on them. Well, and – with, for fantasy, you can't even really be disappointed in how they did because no. they all had pretty good games mm-hmm. given they just the fact that they top lost. Five games, yeah. And, you know, like you said, both Gordon and Williams fumbled on the one-yard mm-hmm. line. If one or both of those get into the end zone, this is a totally different game. Yeah. Um, so you're not wrong at all in the fact that, you you know, you're going to be happy with any of these guys. If I had any of those guys in my starting lineup, I would be happy with what I got. Yeah, I just so. – yeah, you could – you hoped for more i guess you can't even say the word expect because you never really know but you surely hoped for more in that situation the fact the fact that they lost in the way they did looking so sloppy it kind of just leaves you the bad taste in your mouth despite the fact that they had a pretty decent game it just could have been way better Mm -hmm. so my other love or shine i guess you could say was robert tanyan and green bay just looked horrible I, it was one of the most uninspiring performances from an Aaron Rodgers-led team that I've seen in a long time. And his demeanor changed as soon as that ball hit Watson's oh, yeah. hands. You saw it. <clears throat> yeah. So I think they'll be fine, but I think he's very frustrated with the fact that he has no one. But he'll learn as he goes how to adapt to that situation because he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And I don't think that he's gonna lose a shit ton of fantasy production unless things like that continue to happen where he's hitting people wide open in the hands and they're dropping it he's putting the ball where it needs to go that was the right decision that was a touchdown yeah should have been any day of the week 99 out of 100 times that gets caught i just robert tanyan in the red zone was not a factor because they weren't in the red zone and it's just simple as that they couldn't move the ball and i think if anything too it's like going back on you know what you said about rogers is him knowing that he's going to have to do it all himself for fantasy could be actually kind of a silver lining. Yeah. Because what well, he's done it the last couple of years. And he's going to do everything. <laughs> two-time reigning MVP. And if he says, okay, fuck it, I got to put the team on my back and throw for, you know, 45 times or whatever, we know he's capable of doing that. And if you're going to give the keys to someone to do that, Probably him. Probably him. Yeah. Not, not many <laughs> I mean, other guys in the league that you no. would that you'd be comfortable doing There's that There's very way. few. Definitely yeah. not Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> My pine was Brandon Cooks. He didn't score. Gilmore kept it on the end zone, but he did have a decent amount of receptions and an average amount of yards. He was fine, but he wasn't. I guess, see, that's honestly, I can't even say that. That's about what you expect from Brandon Cooks. That's a Brandon Cooks so game. That is very much a Brandon yeah. Cooks game. Yeah. 
So I missed the mark on that. Gilmore didn't lock him down as much as I thought that he would. But Indy ended up still winning the game somehow in overtime. God, what a dumpster. They fight. tied. Oh, they did tie? Oh, yeah, they did tie. I forgot. Nobody has a win outside yeah, of. Yeah, not a single team in yeah. the AFC South. Yeah, outside of the two ties. That's the the lead. Oh, God, that's tough. <laughs> Can you imagine just, tying just a game and being a division saying lead? saying it and hearing it out loud is so much worse. Can you imagine tying week one and still having a share of the division lead? Yeah, that's all right. Good for Tennessee. We love that. And then my borderline was Etienne, and I think I hit the mark on that. I mean, he was good in the usage that he had, but failed opportunities with the drop catch and James Robinson making the most of his. I think that backfield stays split for a while based on how week one went. Etienne's talented enough that I do think he's the better talent far and away i mean he's a first, oh yeah he's a first round pick for a reason james robinson was undrafted for a reason you're essentially you know you're essentially betting on the experience here yeah so i i, I do think etn will come around at some point um but the short-term usage does concern me absolutely um all right let's get right into this week's then yeah um well let's there we didn't really get into too much of waivers oh yeah this week. we can cover that quick um and then we'll do uh We'll cover waivers, and then I think we can wrap it for this week. I've got two guys for waivers. Number one, it hurts my soul to say, but Carson Wentz has proved himself to be a streamable quarterback. (laughs) That's terrifying. Yeah, is it just one week and don't read too much into it? Yeah, but he has a solid matchup this week as well, and he fed most of his targets. He looked comfortable back there. He really did. And Antonio Gibson can still eat it. I hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't watch this entire game. We were following on red zone, so we did get uh, bits and pieces of the game as it was going. A um, couple things: Antonio Gibson eat shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, why could they not use him like this last year, the year before? Just using him out of the backfield, getting them touches, out getting him out in space, throwing him the ball in the flat, any of that. Ugh, I just it frustrates me to no end. But no, once just a year good. too late on it. And if, if you're one of those guys that lost Dak and, you know, if you're in a single quarterback league and Dak went down, even especially if you're in a two quarterback league and Dak yep. went down, um, once he's a, above and beyond your best option. Yeah, Wentz is not league. a bad backup plan. Um, and Jameis is probably still out there on a lot of waiver wires as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be good with either one of those. If you I'm try much that. higher on Jameis between the two, but Carson Same. Wentz going forward is probably who's available in most leagues. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it for this week. I don't No, Definitely not. Um, we mentioned J- uh, Jeff Wilson. He's far and away probably going to be the number one waiver target. It makes sense. Obviously, he's probably going to be the starter. He's shown in the past when when the starting running back has gone down in San Francisco. He won me a fantasy championship a few years ago because I just happened to stash him on my bench a week or two before Mostert got hurt. Yep. And Jeff Wilson came in, took the bulk of the touches, and was an instant RB2. Um, I It's very well within the, the realm of possibility that he does the same thing here until – Mitchell comes back. Maybe they split things up a little bit more with um, uh, the, the sixth round or whatever rookie. Mm, Tyrion Price. Um, Price, and there's another rookie. Uh, Howard? No. Oh, no. The, Mason? Yeah, Mason. Matthews something? Mason, yeah. Whatever it is, I don't remember. I You could pick him up as a flyer, but I do think Wilson's going to be the number one guy. Um, Jarvis Landry is another name that people are probably going to look at. He went over 100 yards this week. Um, yeah, sticking to wide receivers, one other guy that I'm huge on if he didn't go in drafts, Devin Duvernay. Yeah, you've been you've been hyping him. Oh, my God, he's phenomenal. I mm-hmm. mean, they loved him last year and two years ago. They used him in a lot of gadget plays. You can tell they like just how good of a skill set he has. They want to get him in space and get him the ball because they like what happens when it happens. And this week showed that going forward, they believe in Devin Duvernay. 
and two touchdowns is obviously huge, but I think going forward, it's going to be him and Andrews are the two top receiving targets there. I mean, I think he's going to outshine Bateman. I do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's actually a handful of wide receivers I'm looking at here that could be Robbie Anderson. He had a big game. Yeah, is Baker going to continue to throw to him, though? I think he will if he has to, if he has to. Josh Palmer in L.A., yeah. now that Keenan Allen is down. Yeah. Him or Jalen Guyton. I don't know which one is going to be more valuable. I think it's Palmer. But either one Guyton's could be still a good the pickup. Guy, though. Yeah. Um, either one of those could be good backup plans. Jahan Dotson scored twice this week. Yeah, what the hell? Um, the, he's going to be a heavy target for a lot of folks, Jahan Dotson. I don't I don't know that I necessarily trust him. And I love it, but if Carson Wentz throws another ball his way and he scores and has eight receptions, it's going to be a whole different ball game yeah. for me. Because they do have McLaurin, and they still have Curtis Samuel, who I think also scored this week as who well. Who is finally healthy and actually yeah. played very well. Yeah, so I think Dotson, to me, is going to be a guy that's kind of hit or miss. He's going to have some big weeks, and then he'll have some Yeah, that wide receiving well. core might be sneaky good with those two Could and McLaurin. Yeah. I mean, those aren't bad options. Well, and he was, Dotson was a high first-round pick. I mean, they, they picked him in the first round. And yeah, they, I like it. He was projected to be back into the first, early second. Yeah. They they kind of reached a little bit to grab him because they wanted him specifically. Yeah, I saw a lot of mocks with him falling to like the Green Bay Baltimore yeah. area. Yep. Um, let's see. If you're somebody that owns Najee and you really want to try to grab the handcuff, Jalen Warren is looking like he's probably giving the handcuff for Najee. He could be a, a just a cheap flyer pickup just in case that oh yeah i'm picking him up in every league that i can just based on how we feel about Najee going forward it's going to happen it's just a matter of when yep um khalil herbert i think he's going to touchdown this week and and david montgomery i i don't think the coaching staff has sold on montgomery i think herbert could end up stealing some touches this year i don't think he's going to take the whole backfield over i don't think he's that great of a player I think a lot of the game script there is you can't judge any fantasy projections on that just because of how shitty the weather was. I would very much pay attention to how Chicago does in week two before I make any haste decisions on David Montgomery. Yep, that's fair. Oh, man, what else we got? Um, It's about all I got for waiver wires. Yeah, I mean, this because most of the injuries that happened were wide receivers. A lot of teams, most people are deep on wide receiver at this point of the year, and you could, or at least are still talking themselves into the fact that this guy has more upside than right. anyone on waivers. Right. It's and and there was no major like season ending injuries where people are scrambling to go Thank grab God. a backup running back or a wide receiver. So, you know, if you miss on any of the names that we've mentioned in this episode, uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna be okay. You know, um, unless you had Elijah Mitchell and you got Najee on your bench or on your team as well. Like you know, but there there was. Nothing for major, major season-ending injuries this year or this week. Um, so waivers are not quite as important, I would say, this particular week. But going down the stretch, obviously waivers win championships. So um, I think that's about all I've got this uh, for this particular episode. Um, we'll catch you in a few days. We're going to go over uh, week two shines, pines, borderlines. We'll talk about some uh, I got some juicy ones matchups. for that. Don't you worry. Oh, looking forward to it. Um, yeah, excited for another week of football. So, uh, unless there's anything you need to add, I think. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, there is one thing I didn't cover. Yeah. Um Josh Allen's not elite. I knew it was coming. I knew it as soon as you said. Oh, one more thing. Guy's a fraud. Just wait. Week two's he's gonna get exposed here. <sighs> okay. We'll see how fraudulent he is when he hangs forty on yeah, Tennessee this week. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough look for me after this podcast. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, All right. peace, love, fantasy football, Titans by fifty. <laughs>